Welcome to another edition of Crossing Borders, a podcast brought to you by Baker McKenzie and Asia Today International. Every month, we look at important issues for businesses across the Asia Pacific. And this month, we're taking a look at the Baker McKenzie Asia Pacific Construction Guide. The guide, which has just been launched, looks at the construction sector across 12 key jurisdictions in the Asia Pacific region Australia, China, Hong Kong, Indonesia, Japan, Malaysia, Myanmar, Philippines, Singapore, Taiwan, Thailand, and Vietnam. The guide is critical. According to a report published by Global Construction Perspectives and Oxford Economics, the Asian century has been defined by the rise of megacities in fast-growing economies involving rapid urbanisation, infrastructure construction and renewal, and the need to service a booming urban population. Construction in these emerging markets will become a $6.7 trillion business by 2020, accounting for some 55% of global construction output, and it's expected to double within a decade. Asia will provide opportunities for construction businesses all over the world, but there are challenges. There are different rules for different countries in Asia. Some jurisdictions, for example, impose restrictions designed to protect local suppliers. These restrictions range from setting tendering requirements for government projects, for example, in Hong Kong and Australia, substantial state financing of construction projects, for example, in China, requiring local supervision or sign-off in some jurisdictions, for example, in Hong Kong, Myanmar and Taiwan, through to strict requirements that only locally owned construction contractors can undertake projects within the jurisdiction, for example, Indonesia, Philippines, Vietnam, and Japan in some earthquake-affected zones. And in many jurisdictions, standardised construction contracts prefer the principal's interests rather than those of the contractor. The guide looks at all these questions. To examine this, and to look at the Baker McKenzie Guide, I engage in a conversation with Joe Daniels, managing partner of Baker McKenzie's Yangon office in Myanmar. Joe is an expert in this area. She transitioned to a role from the Brisbane office, which she helped launch, bringing more than 20 years of experience in infrastructure sectors, including railways, toll roads, ports, electricity, pipelines, and export facilities. In Myanmar, she advises clients on major projects as well as large M&A and a range of corporate matters related to market entry. Let's hear the discussion. Now, Joe Daniel, I want to talk to you about Baker McKenzie's release of its regional construction country guide, and this helps businesses navigate their way through all these changes and different regulatory regimes. Can you explain us what's what's that about? Um, so the the publication is a, a regional publication, so it's meant to help uh, construction companies who are in the region. Um, who have operations in a number of different countries, being able to navigate the regulatory regimes, which are very different. So, for example, Myanmar is very different from the Philippines, which is very different from Malaysia. Um, And so the approach we took was actually to identify some key questions and some key issues that construction companies are most likely to be interested in and actually do an analysis country by country. So it's it's meant to help people navigate through the multitude of different regulatory requirements. I would imagine that when you factor in China's One Belt, One Road initiative, you can't underestimate the wave of construction that we're about to see. 
That, that is absolutely correct. Uh, we see One Belt, One Road um, as involving a very significant increase uh, in construction of large-scale projects, which, of course, uh, have a complexity all of their own. And um, the construction regulatory issues uh, are key to getting those projects um, done. But I'd imagine in this, in this climate... Uh there'd be all sorts of issues regarding the interpretation and enforceability of contracts in a region which is so complex because Asia is so diverse. It has such different legal traditions. Yeah, that, that is absolutely correct. Each of the jurisdictions does actually have a slightly different or, or in fact, quite different uh, legal, legal system. So we have some countries in Asia, like Myanmar, which is actually based upon English common law. And then we have other jurisdictions uh, like Malaysia where it's, it's more of a, a civil code type jurisdiction. Um, so the, this question of enforcing contracts is literally different uh, jurisdiction by jurisdiction. Well, what, are the, what are the key regulatory and commercial issues here? So um, some of those key regulatory and commercial issues in Myanmar um, is, is firstly permitting. Um, so permitting, construction permitting uh, in Myanmar can be complex and, and can be time-consuming. Um, and so uh, we find that this is probably um, the, the key issue is assisting clients in actually getting construction permit. Um, I think the other types of key issues is um, often in construction, people choose, uh, they don't necessarily have to have one, but they do choose to have a local partner. So another key issue is actually um, assisting people to set up relationships with a, a local uh, joint venture partner. Um, and um, the, I suppose another key issue is that we don't have um, sort of standard construction agreements. Um, and uh, so uh, what we do find in Myanmar is that the negotiation of construction contracts can actually take quite, quite, a, long, uh, quite a long time, actually. Um, so these are some of the key issues that uh, come up for people when, when they first come to see us. Well, give us some examples of, I mean, how, how long would a construction contract take to negotiate? So it'll probably take anywhere from, um, I'd, I'd say, two to three months, which is quite a long time because in some jurisdictions, um, uh, construction agreements are, are more sort of standard. Of course, the actual work to be done needs to be described. But here in Myanmar, we, we find that they can be two, two or three uh, months and things like force majeure clauses. Um, uh, can take quite quite a deal of time to negotiate. So that would be quite a, an education for any Western business coming in. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. It is um, a, a little bit more difficult to get up and running in, in Myanmar because, um, uh, for example, if force majeure clauses, uh, we do tend to have to expand those clauses um, to include unexpected acts and omissions uh, by the government, um, and so uh, that that's something that most people do not expect when they they come in. This would be why you need a partner. Would that be right? People who do take on a local partner do find it easier to navigate some of the regulatory complexities in Myanmar. I'd imagine dispute resolution would be critical here. Yes, dispute resolution is actually critical, um, and Myanmar does actually have a new sort of arbitration law of 2016. Um, however, it doesn't have any rules under that law. 
So what we tend to advise clients is that at the moment, the arbitration system in Myanmar is not developed. And so we do tend to still use Singapore arbitration, or it could be another regional hub, but Singapore is probably the most uh, common um, use of arbitration. So cases in, in, say, a place like Myanmar would have to be resolved in a place like Singapore. Is that right? Yeah, we do tend to advise people to still use Singapore arbitration at the moment. And, and that's because an a, uh, active arbitration system has not yet been developed in Myanmar. Well, what are the issues? I mean, you, you have, um, in, in any sort of agreement, you have issues like liquidation, liquidated damages clause, dual language contracts, termination rights. Uh, where do they fit in? to agreement and how difficult are they to negotiate? Yeah. Hey, look, um, they, they, they do raise issues because uh, we have a strong preference for not having dual language contracts. And the reason for that is that um, Myanmar is, uh, Myanmar the language is um, uh, what I call an indirect language. Um, instead of having, say, a particular phrase like joint venture, um, they will describe the relationship. And so um, translations between English and Myanmar, um, are often there are differences. Even, even when you have three translators in the room, uh, these things will get translated uh, slightly differently. For Western businesses, they would be used to certain procedures in contracts for, say, liquidation, damages sure. clauses, dual language contracts, termination rights and dispute resolution requirements, and it would be completely different over there. Yes, and, and so whilst um, a lot of the clauses do look familiar, so um, it, it, the, the contract itself uh, it, it does sort of follow you know, international standard in terms of what these things do, um, the, the dispute resolution process is, is quite different here. The key issue, though, is that um, Western companies have very limited experience with international business dispute resolution techniques. Isn't that an issue? Uh, did you mean the local companies as in Myanmar? I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, um, I mean, Western companies coming into Myanmar or any place in the region, they would have very different, very, very limited experience with international business dispute resolution techniques. Yeah, look, um, and that is true of some companies. Um, some of the very largest ones, of course, are familiar with, for example, Singapore arbitration. Uh, but where you have um, a, a smaller construction company. Um, they may not be familiar with international um, dispute resolution and, and that is a new, new to them. What are the key construction industry associations uh, Western construction companies have to deal with? Um, the one that most people deal with uh, is uh, the USMCCI and essentially that is actually um, almost like the industry bodies for industry bodies. Um, but any significant construction issues uh, will usually be dealt with through uh, USMCCI. So, for example, we have a relatively new condominium law and condominium rules, um, and the USMCCI was probably one of the most uh, active uh, associations um, in seeking to address some of industry's concerns with that legislation. The other thing that Western um, companies do tend to do is actually go through the Chambers of Commerce, who are very active. So that, for example, there is AMCHAM, American Chamber of Commerce, there's AUGCHAM, Australian Chamber of Commerce, and, and most major um, uh, countries will have um, an, an association. And those Chambers of Commerce are highly 
active in Myanmar. What, what about procurement models? Would there be different procurement models according across the region? Yes. So the, the Myanmar government has a very strong preference for a, a, um, a, a procurement model which is effectively um, a, a, a BOT agreement, uh, build, operate, transfer type agreement. Um, what they don't do is actually um, a lot of public tendering. There are some public tenders which are run um, and, and that's how they procure, but often it's bilateral. But it would be fairly complex, I'd imagine, for any Western company. Yes, and, and in fact, um, uh, we find that uh, uh, in a way that doesn't happen in places like Australia, uh, we actually have to assist the client at each step. So it is very much uh, helping them come into the country, navigate establishing their business, navigate um, contracts with either local partners, and then navigate through uh, regulatory complexity. Um, and so in Australia, a company would often do all of that in, in, internally, uh, whereas we find that we have to help people because you truly become expert in how, how to do business in Myanmar. And so finding the, the key issue for companies would be actually finding the partner. Would that be right? Yeah, absolutely. And want to have sort of short uh, contracts with their local partner. Um, but this is a mistake. Uh, I, I think that it's necessary to be very clear in your contract about all aspects of your relationship with the local partner. Um, and this does reduce uh, disputes. So Baker McKenzie's role would here would be what? Doing what? Organising the two parties together and helping them negotiate the contracts? Yes. We will assist the client with just about everything. The only thing that we don't advise on is identifying the local partner. So once they've identified who their local partner is, um, then, then we assist them in establishing their relationship contractually um, uh, but, uh, yeah, we don't actually identify local partners. But there, there are other companies that do do that. So even if a client needs that assistance, we can help them find someone that can help them. Through another party? Yes, there, there are people out there who are expert in finding local partners for international companies. Now, I mean, how long would it take for a Western company to negotiate a partnership? So um, uh, this does vary uh, a lot, actually. So it can be anywhere from a month if they know who they want to partner with and, and the extent of their partnership. Um, but if they're not sure about who or they're not sure precisely what they want their relationship to be, uh, they can, it can take up to six months. Up to six months. That's quite a yes, long period. It, uh, yeah, it can. Right. It's quite a long period. So Western companies would really need the Regional Construction Country Guide to give them some sort of framework to negotiate in this area. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the intention behind our guide is to help people in, in navigating those issues. Well, Joe Daniels, thank you very much for talking to us. Thank you very much. No worries. Thank you very much. Thank you. So there you have it. Some great insights from Joe Daniels, managing partner of Baker McKenzie's Yangon office in Myanmar. And that's it for now. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast and we look forward to bringing you another one soon.